Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of A Line by Line. This is a podcast where we read and discuss original poems about life and various wonderment. It's all written, narrated, and conversed by your host, uh, Joshua Kurnia, and me, Jasmine Lawrence. Welcome, Josh. This is our first episode. How do you feel? Yes. I feel very, very excited and also nervous because <laughs> <laughs> this is our first one. Yeah, I, I'm also a bit nervous. It's uh, it's it's difficult to read art that has lived on my phone for so long and suddenly share it with uh, hopefully millions of strangers. Yeah, for sure. And I'm really hoping that, you know, whatever we write, whatever we say in this podcast, our conversations will be um, a form of storytelling for our listeners and it will resonate with people too because that's, that's the hope that this podcast really Absolutely. I, my goal for sure is to inspire and, and just connect with people. I think a lot of the topics mm -hmm. we're going to cover yeah. over, over this first season are going to be pretty relatable. And this feels like an excellent segue to to introduce uh, the theme of this, this episode, this very first episode. Yes. So in this first episode, we are, our theme really is about, you know, overcoming loneliness and finding sort of happiness and content in ourselves at times of solitude you know 2020 has been a rough year and i think a lot of times we we forget that we are just inside our apartment you know and we we don't really have someone that's right next to us that we can talk to everything is virtual everything that we do is all by ourselves or our roommates and sometimes it's really hard you know to, at, at least for me i don't know about you jasmine but at least for me sometimes it's really hard to be happy or to stay engaged to stay happy and content of where I am, of what I'm doing. And it's just been a challenge of this year. And so we thought for our first episode, it would be such a resonating topic for all of us, you know, about about this topic. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I've i been at home a lot and I don't, I don't have roommates. So I, you're spot on with the realities of yeah. we have way more time with ourselves than we probably had in the history of forever. Um, and there's there's a reason why, you know, kind of the worst, worst uh, you know, treatment you can have in prison is that solitary confinement where it's just you in a room. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. occasionally, mm -hmm. you know, you'll get the bare necessities you need to stay alive. Um, maybe you'll get some exercise, maybe you'll, you know, get a walk, but yeah, but it's just you alone. And so trying to take this, 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 this season of isolation and uh, and turn it into something useful or positive. There's a mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. on that. There's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. of seeing yourself every day and and being fine with the idea that you might be the only person you see all day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so let's just get started. I guess um, let's give sort of like a rundown first about how we are thinking of doing each of our episodes. So. Jasmine read a poem. I wrote a poem. We haven't seen each other's poem. <laughs> and so for each episode, what we are thinking to do is I read my poem out loud and then there will be a Q&A um, session. So Jasmine will ask me, I will answer, and we'll just have like, like an organic 
uh, sort of conversations. And then we flip the table, Jasmine will read her poem, and then I ask Jasmine answers. So that's what we're looking to do. And this yeah. is really our trial and error for the first time. This is our first episode. So hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So this is uh, Joshua Kurnia reading, uh, reading his poem entitled Not Knowing. Not Knowing. He cannot smile, yet he cannot cry. He cannot explode, yet no containment. He puts a smiley persona, yet is he? I wonder why. What's wrong with him? How are you? I'm good. I know there is continuation. Continuation of context. Context of solitude. Solitude in soul-searching. Searching for content, content for happiness. Tick-tock, tick-tock. As his sense of hearing intensifies in silence, the sound of virtual rain, the voices of floating heads. Soon realization comes that happiness is not acceptance, nor it is acknowledgement or saving wealth. It is when he let go and look up to the light-polluted city sky at midnight and still see brighter stars, realizing that he is a minuscule dot in an unimaginable-sized universe, that his worry is insignificant. He is still alive. He is allowed to still live. Where he can still stand up where, when he falls down, how an inhale is automatic and an exhale is one of relief, not a guess. I just want to smack his head or pinch his elbow and shout, wake up, look around you. If only he can listen. If only he sees it all. Then content he will be. Wow, Josh, that was awesome. I, I just love to Thank hear you here just from the beginning like is this poem about you <laughs> what, what motivated you to write this i think um this is a little bit of me in it um so if if you can tell from the poem there's sort of like these two uh two people in it right there's the he and there's another person which i call the i and I'm kind of like imagining myself as uh, duplicating myself into these two people in this scene. The I is looking um, and writing this poem while he is witnessing the he in this poem, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. And I think my uh, my thinking around this poem is sort of like there's this guy who who is pretty well off you know he's doing pretty well he has a job he lives in a city and you know like there's not really a big sort of problem or a big challenge in his life that he cannot overcome at the moment but at the same time he doesn't feel as 
happy or he doesn't feel as content, mm -hmm. but he doesn't know why. And he keeps, you know, sometimes he keeps complaining or he keeps asking people, why am I not happy? Why? What else can I do to make me happier, to make me more content? But then the other guy who is writing this poem, the I, quote unquote, he says, he he looks at him as sort of like, you have it all. Why, what, what else are you searching? You know, like, why can't you just be happy? Why can't you just look into yourself and see what you have instead of always looking for more? I think wow. that's sort of like the overview of how I'm, uh, I, I, I frame this poem. It's sort of like an organic process for me too. I, uh, when I first started writing it, I, I didn't know where I was going to go by the end of the poem. Uh, so it's more like an organic creative process for me when I was writing it. Yeah, I, I love that you go back and forth uh, between your two selves. Uh, when, when <laughs> I do the same in my poem. Um, where you're kind of outside of yourself uh, to really have the context of your situation. Uh, there were a few lines that really stuck out to me and, you know, I want to share them. I, I'd love to hear more about what you mean by those lines. So just in the very beginning, you say he cannot smile yet. He cannot cry. He cannot yeah. explode yet. No containment. And, and what really struck me was that he cannot explode. What is, what does that mean for you? Because in my mind, it just, Actually, I'll hold off. What does that What does that mean for you? Yeah. So I think for me, I'm not the kind of guy who like explode in like angry or sadness. I rarely go to that spot in my life. So when I say here that he cannot explode, sometimes you either in your work or in your personal life, you just want to like, scream you know like you just want to uh express a stronger feeling or a stronger thought in your mind Absolutely. and you want people to hear it when you say it but then you sometimes hold yourself right like you don't want to say things out aloud you don't want people to hear what you think because maybe you fear about being judged. Maybe you are just not sure if what you're saying is conforming to the people around you, if it's too radical, maybe. And so that's what I'm saying. Like here, he cannot explode. I just feel like sometimes you hold back. Yet if you think about it, there's not really something that contains you. It's just like you are containing yourself by having these thoughts in your mind of how people would perceive of you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do feel a lot like you just have to hold it together. We just have to grin and bear. We have to show resilience. And so I totally, it resonates with me that I, I can't explode right now, especially mm -hmm. if you're someone mm -hmm. who has people relying on you, like uh, children or a partner or, or someone mm -hmm. who you want to put on that, um, that brave face for. Uh, this next line <laughs> It says, yeah. it just says tick tock, tick tock. And it, it <laughs> follows a line that says searching for content, content for happiness. And so I'm curious, like what your TikTok name is, because I totally <laughs> see this as a reference to that, that new social media platform. <laughs> so when I say this uh, TikTok, TikTok, 
I actually meant the ticking of the clock. No, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Yeah, um, it's it's basically stolen that that fundamental clock sound, and yeah, you yeah. pop hours away there searching for content. You know, I just saw that relationship there. I guess that's. Oh, that's me, I see what you mean. Me oh, okay, reading, I got me your joke now. Okay, I got your joke now. <laughs> Um, I do have a TikTok account. If you guys want to follow me, I'll let you know later. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm not too active in TikTok. I'm an yeah. Instagram person. Yeah, it's because we're old now. Um, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, another line that jumped out at me was, uh, and still see brighter stars. The whole context is, it is when he let go and look up to the light polluted mm-hmm. city sky at midnight and mm-hmm. still see brighter stars. What is yes. What is brighter stars? Is that future potential? Is that other sparkle in other people's eyes what is that nope it's actually literal just brighter stars in the sky no i'm not lying like that's the truth brighter than what the city i guess yeah um, i this is like uh uh what i love to do is a hobby of mine that i've never really explored is stargazing at Mm -hmm. night i've always loved stargazing but i always also live in a city and i could never see this i always want to see the milky way i just want to see like all the stars they're like pitch black right and so i can Mm -hmm. see all the stars but it never happened to me and so in my apartment right now in san francisco i have this privilege of having a balcony (laughs) attached to my room and so so sometimes you know um at night when it gets closer to midnight i just go out it's very chilly but i just like go out for like three minutes or two minutes and then i just like look up and sometimes i just like to like close my eyes and just think about how small i am you know if mm-hmm. i just imagine myself sort of like floating and looking and just like floating up and then i just keep looking at myself standing right there on earth and it just becomes this like mini dot and then if you just keep if you just keep like floating up that you'll you'll start to see sort of like the milky way universe and then it, the even the milky way is a universe amongst thousands of different universes yeah and so yeah. I just love that feeling of like, I feel very humbled and the problems and the challenges that I've had there, it's almost like insignificant. So why would I worry about it? You know, and that makes me happy. That makes me more content. So that's what, that's what um, I wrote here. Yeah. I, I love that we're doing this together because we have such different perspectives on, on life. Uh, when I read this line about still seeing brighter stars, I imagined it to be about this future point in time or these future opportunities that you could still look forward to. Um, and it's something that made me, you know, is very self-centered, I'll say, rather than you using it as a as an opportunity to ground yourself in, in how small you really are in the grand scheme of the universe. I, I, well, I saw it as, you know, my story is not yet done. Uh, the last line that I... I, I wanted to dive into was this this line that says um, realizing that he is a minuscule dot in an unimaginable sized universe that his worry is insignificant. My mm. my body rejects that line with everything because mm. <laughs> mm. 
because I can't believe that. I can't believe that this pain that we're all going through doesn't matter just because I'm one person. Mm. Our, my hurt is one mm. drop in an ocean of our collective struggle and people are drowning in it. Like it's so, it's so hard. And so I'd, I'd love to hear more about like how you, how you settle being one of billions of people struggling through this yeah. massive pandemic. Huh. That's a very interesting observation. I never thought about that way before. Because um, I think the way I see it, it's sort of like, how do I find content in myself? And how do I find that sort of little piece of peace in, in myself throughout this year when I spent most of my time alone? Mm -hmm. and it's it's like this feeling of togetherness as well you know like we are all going through the same thing this year whether we consciously know that or we unconsciously uh just unconsciously doesn't know mm -hmm. it's like instilling that perspective in my mind that actually gives me a little bit of content and so I guess that's also what I wrote here. And this is still pertaining to the previous line when we said about, you know, um, looking at the stars at, at midnight and see the brighter stars. And this is what I meant. I guess I, I guess the way I, I write poem usually, it's a little bit more uh, literal because mm -hmm. Like I said before, when I was just like imagining sort of myself floating up and then I keep looking at myself on earth standing, then I became this minuscule dot <laughs> on earth, right? Amongst all the different things, amongst all the different universes. And so that, that sort of give me um, a sense of peace uh, of myself, you know, like that, like my worry even though I'm worried, I'm, I'm anxious, and a lot of the people are also anxious and worried about things. We all each have our own challenges, our own problems. But in the end, if you look at the bigger picture, if you look at the grander scheme, then you don't have to be worried because there's always sort of this like bigger energy, whether that's a god, whether that you belief in your religion or your bigger belief that's always something bigger than you that has more power than what you're experiencing through right now and that gives me content that that makes me uh, be able to be um you know have a peace with myself yeah thank you thank you for sharing that i was yeah. just thinking about you know that feeling when just one pixel goes out on your screen, how much of a difference in your focus and concentration <laughs> it, can, it can make. Or, you know, when you're in uh, the movie theater in a pitch dark moment and, you know, somebody's phone goes off and how, how distracting that little spike is. So yeah. these are the, these are like the pedantic little things that make me go, no, every tiny yeah. speck is insignificant, mm -hmm. but your point is that together, you know, this one drop of paint could make this, you know, amazing masterpiece and that it's it's very comforting to know that you're a part of this bigger thing that from another perspective can be just this beautiful art to be enjoyed well this was this was yeah. lovely this was lovely josh thank you so much for letting us dissect this today of course now it's your turn jasmine i would love to hear your poem
This poem is called I Am, I Do. I am my shadow, a projection in reverse, and my reflection. These two fit right in. They join a trio known as me, myself, and I. It's getting crowded. I add identities, so no room for ego. This is who I am. I never would have chosen. I'll learn to love her. Focus on her needs instead of others. Before, they took her place here. I can't be lonely. I'm always with me. Take me to have and to hold till death do us part. Wow. Okay. That was so beautiful. I love it so much. <laughs> Thank um, you. It's short and sweet. And there's just like so many metaphors and contrasts. I love it. Um, I guess one question that I have uh, in one of your first um, three lines, how, why do you have this sort of like, you said you, I, I am my shadow and also my reflection and I, I'm curious to hear why, why, why do you think like that? What, what was in your mind when you wrote it? Yeah. Is so, that uh, like shadow and reflection? Yeah. So I, at first, well, well, honestly, I was in the shower and I walked, mm -hmm. I, I turned the light off um, when I was leaving the bathroom and, and walked by the mirror and my mirror, my, you know, my reflection of myself was just black which is normally not how I see my reflection. It's normally how I see mm -hmm. my shadow, but I'm not actually going outside in the sun recently with this quarantine. So it was very interesting to see my shadow where my reflection was, but then I realized that they're both a part of me. And, you know, these are the characters in my life right now, my reflection, my shadow, and uh, they're both projections. And usually they're mm. in an orientation that is different from mine. Whereas, you know, your mirror is a, is a reversal of you. Um, but this was my, my attempt at trying to capture what does this season feel like for me? Who are the people in my life? And it's, you know, it's an interesting dissection of loneliness to be like, Hey, I can't be lonely when there's all these different characters uh, in, alive in my life right now. Hmm. I see. Does that, does that sort of, um, capture the whole sentiment of your poem as well like if you were to describe your poem as an entirety how how would you describe it what's your thoughts behind it when you were writing it yeah yeah that's absolutely it i started with mm. the concept of my shadow and my reflection mm. and then i thought okay uh what else am i you know i am me i am myself i am i i think we've seen a lot of uh i know i've seen a lot of uh songs including you know one by destiny's child um mm. you know that just talks about okay these are your perspectives and you know what if nobody will go with you then me myself and i will join you and we'll still have a good time and then i started you know i actually pulled up my phone and did research on identities and there are this this concept known as the big eight the eight parts of your identity i can't remember them all but sometimes they're like your body image you know your country or, or city of origin your your gender your sex like all these different parts of that like make up the picture of who you are and mm. in, in a lot of ways influence your experience of society and so you know once i added in those identities i'm like whoo it's getting crowded the only mm. thing I don't have room here is for ego, right? Is for that 
perspective, that means it's all about me. It's all about myself because I know that life, life is more than just me. But one thing that I did notice by writing this is that, you know, I have cared so much about Mm. all the other people Mm. that I used to be able to have contact with. And now that I'm spending all this time with myself, I recognize like, Hey, you know, I could be spending more time with me. I could be doing more for myself, taking care of myself, Mm. loving myself in the same way that I pour out and try and love other people. So that's the, that, that was what I was trying to capture in this poem, Mm. but Mm -hmm. I had Mm -hmm. so much that I wanted to say. And it it was like turning into an essay, honestly, Mm. it was too, Mm. it was too wide of a topic, this loneliness, this self rediscovery that Mm. I, I, I had to impose an arbitrary constraint to myself. So I don't know if you noticed it, Mm. but this poem is made up of six haikus and then one final line. Yeah, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) And so to try and be concise and get to the point of all this dense emotion, Uh I Uh I just took each idea that I had written out about what Mm -hmm. are the representations of myself and tried to capture this whole Mm -hmm. story as a haiku. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I another question that I have, um, you talked something about like before the whole quarantine happened, you had a lot more capacity and opportunities to care to other people. How d- does that make you happy? Does that make you content in a in in a um it w- when you were doing that? Absolutely. And how does that compare to and how do you feel this year when you, you cannot really do that? And a lot of the times when you try to care for people, you it's mostly yourself. You're doing a lot of the self-care to yourself. How the how how the how does the two compare? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely live to serve. I've known that I wanted to have mm. some kind of life of service ever since I was a, a, a little kid. Uh you know, mm. and so a lot of things that I used to do were more in person were more physical. And I think like a lot of the businesses, uh, including my own that are adapting to this time, we're recognizing that things don't have to stop, but things do need to change. And so, you know, while I may mm-hmm. have met up with a mentee mm-hmm. for coffee at a, at a local coffee shop to talk through their resume or to give feedback on a job, mm-hmm. you know, now we're doing this, you know, and via, you know, a, a video call or, you know, um, yeah. Maybe I would used to just online donate to, um, you know, Feeding America or some charity. Now I can actually deliver groceries in real life mm-hmm. for for someone who, you know, wouldn't be able to eat otherwise. So it's just kind of transforming, uh, you know, kind of mm-hmm. how I contribute to the community. And that does mm-hmm. that does build me up. Right. You know, that does mm-hmm. kind of ease mm-hmm. to, to the point that you brought up in your poem where if that person is kind of in a very comfortable life where they have what they mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize mm-hmm. that privilege that I can eat every day that I have yeah. internet yeah. and a, a bed to rest on. And, you know, sometimes with that privilege comes guilt of like, wow, yeah. I really do yes. have a lot, have a lot. Yes. So like, what am I really doing with this opportunity and with this, this privilege that's been put in my lap. And so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. trying to continue to find a way to, to do more, to help people who are more vulnerable or hurting more than me is a huge part of me valuing myself. Uh, I remember when we talked two weeks ago and you told me about your spa mm-hmm. day, I was like, Josh, mm-hmm. is this self care 
expert. Absolutely. You have so many go-tos, massages, cooking, reading uh, that you go to to just treat yourself and love yourself. And then I, I looked in my toolkit and my arsenal for taking care of myself. And I was like, whoa, feels a little, feels a little light. <laughs> a little light. So that's one thing that, you know, in writing this poem, I, I just had to acknowledge yeah. that yeah. this pandemic threw me mentally, mm -hmm. emotionally, physically. Yeah. And I'm sure it happened to a lot of people in a way that I did not expect and I was not prepared for. I, I have a, a lot of coping mechanisms, breathing, going for walks, crying, um, but I didn't have a lot of strong self-care rituals like going to therapy and consistently exercising mm. or, or even to your point of acknowledging my feelings, which is probably why that line of his worry is insignificant hit me so hard because I'm mm. just getting to the point where... Mm. Mm -hmm. You have to accept if you're sad, if you're hurt, if you're lonely, mm -hmm. if you're terrified, and then do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you say in, in one of your last uh, lines, you said, I'm always with me, take me. Does that have uh, more meanings behind it? To have and to hold. Yeah. Um, so in like the standard movie wedding vows, they always yeah say do you take this person to be your lawfully wedded blah blah uh -huh. blah to have uh -huh. and to hold in sickness and in health till death you part and so i wanted mm. to i wanted to echo that you know that's where the i mm. do i do part of uh, the title mm. com comes from maybe it was a year and a half ago i bought myself a simple uh a simple gold ring and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i i put it on my left ring finger you know I think in the U.S. that's the one that symbolizes that you're married uh -huh. uh, because I just felt that desire and pressure to be in a marriage relationship when I wasn't. Uh -huh. And so uh -huh. I, uh -huh. I bought myself this ring to acknowledge that when I get married, like that's one of the few things that will change about me, that suddenly I'll have this ring on my finger. But everything uh -huh. about, about me, my values, my practices, my, you know, how I spend my time, all of that will be remain like mostly the same and so i was trying to get over that kind of symbolic marriage and just accept this relationship with myself and so you know in this poem to wrap with that that i i'll always be with me you know mm -hmm. um, yes. that i take me i accept me i receive mm -hmm. me i will have yes. me yes. i will hold me and the only thing that can separate me from myself mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. death you know, other relationships, friendships, marriages, even your parents, they come and they go. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm always here. Yes. Self-acceptance is um, definitely a, a big topic uh, that I think in our future episode, we've, we have a topic about that too, that we're going to um, talk about, but that's something that also really resonates with me. You know, like we we have to be able to sort of accept ourselves of just who we are um, and don't take anything for granted. Yeah. I mean, one of the most, uh, it shouldn't be awkward. It should be fine. Yeah. But uh, one of the most awkward, uh, I don't know, practices that I, that I read about online was just looking at mm -hmm. yourself in the mirror and saying, like, look yourself in the eye and say, mm. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> just say, I love you. Yeah. And, the first time I did it, I was like, 
okay, this feels awkward and forced. <laughs> and then the second time, I wasn't feeling like particularly great about what I was wearing yeah. or, or how it made me look, and I still said it. And mm -hmm. and you know, two weeks into this practice, I'm starting to believe it, and I'm starting to behave as if my body mm -hmm. and my mind and my time belongs to somebody that I love, uh, because it helps me to cherish it more. Kind of like that perspective of you being small on the earth uh -huh. Uh -huh. makes helps helps you find that contentment. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I I love your poem, and I think we have a pretty good talk and pretty good first episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, people will think the same way. That was and, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of uh, good conversations too. All right, guys, that wraps our very first episode of A Line by Line, where we perform original poetry and converse about various life topics. We release a new episode every two weeks, so make sure you follow our podcast channel for more awesome content coming soon. Find us on Instagram at A Line by Line and Twitter at A Line by Line. If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions, we would be more than happy to hear from you. Joshua and Jasmine signing off. Until next time. <laughs>